Hi, everybody. I'm Ray Williams. Welcome to the College of Sports Media 10th Anniversary Podcast. February the 4th, 2008. That's when the College of Sports Media, also known as CSM, embarked on a bold mission to train the next generation of radio and television sports broadcasters in Canada. We started with just 14 students and eight instructors. And from that humble beginning, CSM has evolved into one of Canada's top schools, known for producing and honing the talents of many well-rounded individuals in front of the cameras and microphones and also behind the scenes. 10 years later, it's a good time to reflect on the journey. In a series of podcasts, you'll hear from instructors and former students who will reflect on their memories at CSM and how it helped them to reach their potential. We hope you enjoy them, and if you do, please let us know on Twitter at C Sports Media. Back in the seat once again, Pat Mayo from CSM. It's gonna be fun. Do you know what's up, dude? I'm very good. How are you, Anthony? Good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't even know if my mic's on. That's how like bad I am at this now. I, I pressed the on button, but you know Ray's gonna come and yell at me again. <laughs> I was once dragged out of here by Alanis, right? Hearing me go off topic. I was supposed to talk about hockey, and I said, "Screw that! I'm not talking about hockey," which was a big downfall for me at CSM. I'm not gonna lie to you. Do you still go off topic? No, no, not me. You were saying you're a little bit more restrained, but the best part about you is that you're wild and crazy. The biggest thing that I've found it depends on the format of the show. So sometimes you got to do like the we sometimes you got to do like the two minute like straight hit, which I'm not great at. They had me like posted up in Dallas for week one for the Cowboys game. I was on the field. and I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like, I just want to like call out people in the stands. So that's right for like my long form. That's what it's all about. You like, make I, it your own. right? You do. Like, I want to talk about The Bachelor like that. That's, I'm more concerned about that than like week, week six. What analysis right before kickoff, right? <laughs> so I guess we're going to talk a little bit about CSM. We're all here. We have one, one professor. Do you like professor, teacher, instructor? Instructor or, or just the guy that's showing you some cool that's gonna that you're going to translate in your future, which is interesting because the first year I showed The Bachelor was your year. And at the time, people were upset. What does this have to do with sports? I had a few people that didn't like The Bachelor, including Jesse. <laughs> who has watched every single episode since. But at the time, he was really mad. Oh, what are we doing? I thought this is a sports school. Why are we watching Trista and Ryan or whoever The Bachelor was at the time? And now people watch it. It's part of our social consciousness. Yeah, I started a Bachelor Fantasy League four or five years ago uh, for the last season that rolled around, which was, God, I can't remember who it was now. Sure. Are you still watching no. Are you watching? I've never watched a single that, episode of The Bachelor. You're, you're out of the pop culture. Yeah. Like, the internet loves The Bachelor. It's it's too crazy. I mean, all the girls, like you said, they, I know there's tons of girls that are drafting the guys and right. or the girls, and they're just waiting to see who blows. I mean, I guess it could be fun, because everyone's just melting down, and it's just... Yeah, and if you... How can you not cheer for crazy? Yeah, and, and that's the whole point. We Like, you can... The, the, I know that ABC, like, started a fantasy game. It's like, oh, pick the four people who go to right. the finals, which is... Super awful, because you can just search spoilers and figure out who goes to the right. finals and just mm. pick those four That's people and you fun. win every time. So the game that we set up would be if people break down, get into fights, right. swearing, nudity, everything like that. Points All for the tears. fun stuff. <laughs> All the stuff that you just want to like mock as it goes along. So we started, it was on a spreadsheet. There was eight of us right. who drafted. And we, I got hooked up with the site. We did all this stuff. We had 30,000 people in last time. People want to play this. But the reason why I brought it up in the first place is... Uh, 
I don't know, maybe 2004, The Bachelor started getting better ratings than Monday Night Football. Yeah. And mm-hmm. at this point, The Bachelor owns Monday Night. The the reunion show or after the final rose, those it gets millions and millions, not just in Canada, but in the United States. And there's a mil- there's Indian Bachelor, there's Nigerian Bachelor, there's English Bachelor, and on and on and on. It's turned into a phenomenon. So, Anthony, what do you remember the most about here? What, what has prepared you the best after being at CSM? Because you're fresh out. You're 2015. Yeah. Um, what prepared me the most? Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, sitting in the uh, the classroom with Ray and just going through the the Da Vinci Code of prioritizing your lineup. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it, I mean, so many things that you take from this place uh, prepare you for the real world out there. And uh, it was all just pretty great experience. Where are you at now? I work for AMI, Accessible Media Inc. Okay, so what do you do there? Uh, so AMI, uh, we make television for the blind and low vision community. Okay. So uh, very similar to what everyone else is doing. Uh, not much less sports, though. Uh, so I host their flagship program, AMI This Week, and I'm their reporter for that. So we just did a huge documentary on the Invictus Games and maybe going to Pyeongchang uh, for the Paralympics. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Sounds like risky biz. Yeah, I, I, I like being in my studio. I don't like leaving my studio. The trick is not getting a flight ticket to Pyongyang. Yeah. Two very different cities in very different countries. Well, fortunately for one, I don't think you can get an airline ticket no. to one of them. So, so Freddie, you're on the other side of this. So, I mean, not only are you an instructor, you've worked in, well, real media with a real network. Right. right. And Anthony and I don't, really. I mean, like, we're... When you're working for Rogers or you're working at the score, like sure. there's a lot of money behind that stuff. Like how does the it's the big leagues? How does the corporate structure do you think change for you? Like just from being at the score going to Rogers, and I don't want to put you on blast here. That's okay. Like, it's it's I, I'm fine with that. The difference is is the score, though it may seem to be corporate, wasn't. It had a whole group of young, talented, hungry people that wanted to be a part of something. And Anthony and Arrington allowed us to just do whatever we wanted to do and we competed amongst ourselves to make it good so what I mean by that is you had cabbie on the street which started to grow and people were like man this show is really cool and then you had Tim and Sid which was growing at the same time and the two would compete and me on the outside who's editing for these shows were saying well I got to make something that's going to compete with these guys and that internal competition is what made the channel better then when I got to Rogers, the corporate structure kind of sanitizes not just the competition, but everything. I worked there for four months. I so you see, we're <laughs> I did not do well at Rogers. Right. So it's very <laughs> stay in your lane, drive straight, only 80 kilometers. Uh, if you have to pass someone, you can't just, just wait until they leave. And so it's kind of a different logic and a different sense. And coming from a creative perspective or a person who likes to make things, it's a little difficult. So mm-hmm. does court cuts ever get made if you're never at the score and you're just at Rogers? It still gets made, but it gets made in the group. So it gets passed on to someone else who makes it and they get some time codes and they cut it just the way they cut it. They just slap it together. For me, or the reason why it was successful was was the massaging of putting the plays together. So you had to fall in love with the piece to be able to make the piece. Therefore, the viewers who saw it, they understood that that it was connected. And I think people liked it because of the basketball, but people liked it because it was connected. And it was fun. 
And it's fun, but that's how you do it. You have to have fun with it. But Rogers takes the fun out of things. Do you still get an opportunity to kind of step back into that? Yeah. So occasionally, the the it's interesting because there's people that work at Sportsnet who grew up on it. They're like, man, now you were the guy. Oh, that was pretty cool. Uh, can you cut it again? Or they ask, or can you do another version of it? Or can you cut something like that? And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so, I mean, just last week I got to cut one. And so, yeah, there's a producer and he comes around. He's like, so uh, there's this thing, it's called core cuts. And uh, this is how you cut it. And I'm like, I got it. I, 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 I <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So that's how it goes. Yeah. So yes and no. So uh, I got put at Sportsnet right after I came out of here. Like, mm-hmm, that was right. one of the, the, everyone gets an internship somewhere. Right. That, that was one of like the really good ones. I was like, hey, I can't believe that Landis is sending me to go do. To the big show. To the, to the big show because I'm going to go make him look like an idiot by showing up and yelling <laughs> at people. Which is basically what happened. Right. Uh, they stuck me on, weirdly enough, first gig I had there, they, I was on Hockey Central. I lasted a day and a half. Good. That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, I was, what happened? Tell me what happened. Uh, I was correcting grammar on people. Right. Like, it was weird for me. Like, how old were you? Like, how old are you now? I'm 29 now. You're, you're 29. So you're like me. You came to CSM late. Like, I had mm. two university degrees. I was working in sports to begin with. I'd been a writer for, geez, five years before right. I showed up at CSM. And a pretty decent writer at that. Very good writer. And the people that were writing the scripts for these shows didn't have the same <laughs> grasp of writing, let's say. And they just using the wrong words. And they did not like to be called out on it at all. No. <laughs> and that's not what I wanted to do. Well, there's like, two different languages. There's English and hockey talk. But, right? But it, but it was even little simple things like if you say like a uh, team, like if you're saying the Penguins, like their record is whatever. But if you say Pittsburgh, it's it's. Yes. Like that's just a grammatical thing. Right? Yeah, things that don't that don't get washed out when you switch over. To yeah, sports. just I, I, the hockey the hockey lingo I'm terrible at. Right. I, I actually did an entire segment one time just talking <laughs> in hockey talk and how it makes no sense. Right. Is I, I find it really brutal to listen to, but you know that's their that's the, their thing. The lane in Canada just isn't for me. That's right. why I went to the states. It's just did hockey. If you're not if you're not going to do hockey, like when you came here, did you want to do hockey? Yeah. Well, hockey was my number one sport when I came in there. I always wanted to. Do the focus on hockey and broadcasting. But when you showed up, what percentage of people that in, in like your year, what do you think their main focus was hockey? 90%, 95%? Oh, it's probably up there, yeah. Um, probably more basketball than anything. Really? Yeah, we had a lot of basketball. That's a, that's a Raptors influence, <laughs> Raptors being good. Well, this is the difference in the, in the age difference. Mm-hmm. And so as a person who watched basketball from the beginning, I can slowly see the Vince Carter effect. It's now, ha- it's now here. Right. Yes, it's here. Though the kids that were six watching the dunk contest with their older brothers are now 20 or 18 and they're completely in love with basketball and it's shifting. DeRozan is almost as popular as Austin Matthews and it's almost there. When the Raptors, if and when the Raptors get that first overall pick and he becomes the star of the league, he's going to be in competition with the most famous Maple Leaf at the time. Yeah, well, uh, it's going to be tough to see. If the Leafs, like, go to, like, the finals. Sure. Then, well, if that ever happens. Which is, it's coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> it's coming. Come on, they've, they've suffered long enough. No, they need, they need to continue to suffer. That's the one, like, I'm not, are you from here? I grew up yeah. in downtown Toronto, yeah. And you're, yeah, I'm a Toronto boy. You're a Toronto yeah. guy. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Halifax. So, yeah. moving to Toronto was such a... Culture shock. It's not even a culture shock because I lived in a bunch of different places before. Like I lived in Montreal, I lived in Calgary, came well, here. Well, Montreal's the same. 
But it's not, though. People are far more pessimistic in Montreal. Right. And you come here, like, the Leafs were garbage at the time. Oh, yeah. Leafs are the best team ever. (laughs) Raptors are the best team ever. Jays are the best team. Like, what are you watching? I remember ESPN released a poll. It was, like, the worst sports cities, like, in North America. Toronto should be dead last. It's awful. Like, the fans here are the worst. No, we're the best. The worst. We love our teams. Too much. (laughs) I'm convinced. No, but all my friends who love the Leafs, they're rational about it. and they're it, very, Until they're, they win a game, then they in, fly off the rocker. I think it's the media, though. I don't I think, think the media it is. just encouraging it so that fans, like Mon- Montreal fans and all, all across the country, are just like, ah, oh, Toronto's back at it again. Shut up. <laughs> it is the media, and we, we sell the Maple Leaf propaganda. Now, there's two things. This team is actually good. If it wasn't Toronto, you would look at these young picks and look at the goaltending and look at the coaching and you look at the structure and be like, this team could win in the next five years, and they're going to. Mm-hmm. You better get ready, Pat. I, I was telling Mackenzie when I walked in, I heard them over talking about like Edmonton or something like yeah. that. Like the last time I heard about hockey was when I was here like five years right. ago. The one thing I'm really happy about is Edmonton, the preseason rankings are like Edmonton or Pittsburgh. They're going to win the cup. And yeah. then Edmonton's just been a massive disappointment and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> They're not as good as I think the, the base of Toronto is better than Edmonton's to oh, me. Oh yeah. Skill set wise for CSM. Yes. I have to give a lot of credit to the school. And, Thank and, you. and you in particular, Whistle in particular, too. Mm-hmm. Those were the two things that, that really helped me out the most. Which part, Pat? The actual, like, getting, learning how to edit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And learning how to structure editing together, like mm-hmm. non-linear editing, getting, getting everything into one, creating a story like that is, I would say, the only reason I have a job now. Yeah. Like, I, I agree with that. Like, I got the reps. That was great to come in and do the on-air stuff. I've already been writing, but, like... Once I learned that base and learned how to problem solve with all that, I was able to produce all my own content. I never needed to work anywhere again. And that's one of my, I think that's my favorite thing is that I, on a weekly basis, I'm cutting together two different stories, um, like three, five minute stories for our show. And uh, just being able to look at all those clips and all the interviews and knowing exactly in my head how I want it to line up. And that's credit to the, what you guys taught us. Well, well when I first meet you guys in the first week of school and we do the speed test, I know you guys kind of hate that, but the, I can see between Whistle and I, we talk about who the best kids are and it doesn't take me long to say, okay, Pat Mayo, he gets it, but he's scrambled. So I got to just kind of put it all together. And once he gets it, he's going to, he's going to fly off the rocker. All I got to do is, Get him to, I, I use the analogy of me driving to work. All I got to do is get to the highway with Pat and he, he's fine. In McLaughlin's case, it's the opposite. He's unscrambled. So I got to open it up and, and pull some wires and open it. And once it's open, he's going to be, he's going to love it. And he's going to take all of these organized thoughts in his head and throw them all over the wall. And it's going to be fantastic. So that's what I, what I try to do with my assignments. And then individually, when I have time sitting with you guys to say, okay, you be a little bit more crazy and you be less crazy. And that's, and that's where I try to aim it for. But it doesn't take me long to say, Pat Mayo is going to be a star. All I have to do is lead him. And McLaughlin is going to be a star. All I got to do is open him up a little bit. And that's what I try to do. The weird thing here was like, you get access to the facilities whenever you want them, but no one ever, well, ever you guys are students. I moved in across the street. <laughs> And I would work here from like midnight till 6 a.m. almost every single day, just working on different shit. 
Right. I don't know if we can swear on this. On my show, oh. we can swear, so I, I swear. Gotcha. Sorry, sorry, Dave, when you're editing this, or Ray, whoever it is. They're not even listening anymore. Hey, Lannis actually just walked up and took a picture of us, and right. the last time that happened, he came in, dragged me out, and kicked me out for the day. Right. So, that's fun. <laughs> that's fine. But just being able to get all, like, people talk about, like, on-air reps, and this is a great place to get on-air reps, mm -hmm. but you don't get a ton. In the real world. In the, in the real world, but even here, like, if you're doing the... Do they still do the accelerated sports center in the morning where you do like four sports centers and you get yeah. like you switch hosts and everything like that? Yeah, yeah. They still do. do that. Like that's that's 20 minutes and yeah. you got to be as part of a host and it's very like, I don't know, how many people are walking out of this door and going to hosting sports center? None, really. Populous, but Faisal. sometimes it doesn't last. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple that make it. Shots fired. Like uh, Danielle, for example. Danielle, but Danielle's not doing Hila. She's no. She's doing like short sports segments. And I would say Faisal and Lee Ellis was in your year who kind of came and went. He's at the uh, the Basketball Jones. It turned into the starters. Okay. Right? And like Rubinov's doing the stuff on air now right. as well. And Rubinov hosts and, and is on air. As you know, you kind of do more than one. Not a lot of people want to be... Not a lot of people want to be editors or cameramen or anything else. The, the sexy job is being the host. Mm -hmm. True. And like when I showed up, that's right. all I wanted to do was right. to host a TV show. Right. But the only reason I ever got a chance to host a TV show to begin with is because I did everything else. That's yeah. I learned how to sound mix. I learned how to edit. I learned how to build graphics. And just without that base, especially now where media is going, like we're still doing highlights. Like highlight shows likely won't exist in five years. They'll be internet clips. I agree. They already are internet clips. But we are, we are caught between the two worlds, which I tell my, the current students this year, and I tell anybody who will listen, you're caught between our dad and us. My dad wants the highlight show. I just want to see the best goal of the day. That's it. I don't need to know the score. I don't really care. I'll, get, I'll watch it when the cup final starts. But all of this in the meantime is not interesting to me, but it's interesting to another generation. It's going to be tough. Like, I, I don't know... Outside of live rights, do people will people even tune into sports stations anymore? For our sakes, I hope so. <laughs> no, but everything will gravitate towards online and like long. Yeah. Like you're either going to do short form videos that are like a minute long, where you show a highlight and tell a joke, basically, or it's going to be like a two hour long video podcast of well, people giving hot takes. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because when I was in school, the internet was just starting. Not starting, but it was just starting to get big. And they said things like, television's going to be gone. It's never going to make it. Internet's going to kill radio. There's going to be no radio shows. As a matter of fact, Brendan, I know you want to be a radio host, but I don't think that's a good idea. It's the best time to be a radio yeah. host. But this is what I'm saying, that <laughs> in my year, the doom and gloom of the internet coming to kill radio, all it did was made radio better. So the people that are guesstimating or forecasting what the what the world's going to be like. They really don't know. And I don't think it's the sports highlight show may be gone, but more people watch screens than they ever did ever. It's about how do you, right. It's about getting the eyeballs on that specific product to get people to watch it on your phone. Basically. What's the best medium to do? Like that's something I struggle with all right. the time. Cause I'm always on the web. Like right. where's, Which, where's the best distribution outlet for me? Is it YouTube? Yeah. YouTube's pretty good. Like, right. More people listen to me on iTunes than anything. Right. And but, I put so much time into a video show to make the video product look really good, and five times as many people consume it through audio podcasts. And I'll quickly say <laughs> that this is exactly what happened in my generation. When I was in, when I was your age in university or in college, there was Google and AltaVista and Netscape and Yahoo. And Ask Jeeves. And Ask Jeeves. <laughs> and there wasn't one that you went to. 
The same way as right now there's Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. There's lots of different versions. Eventually, I believe there's going to be one site that encapsulates them all and you click that one and you get everything that you want. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it reminds me of 1998 when I was on Netsc- You had to search it on different search engines to get the same thing because Google didn't search certain things and AltaVista didn't search certain things. So that's how it goes. It's yeah. tough because you want to like plan for the future because I want to know where my career is going and not that sure. it's up in the air. But you just, you, I mean, like you said about radio, it just made it stronger. You can't really plan for it. It's just, it's going to end up where it ends up. <laughs> All right, I'm getting the rap from Ray here. So we got two things to hit on before we get out of here. Favorite CSM moment and... I brought this up a bit earlier, and we didn't really get to it. I want to get your take on sure. it, too. I was 25 when I showed up at CSM, and I feel like that gave me a distinct advantage over the kids that were coming out of high school. Absolutely. Or Huge even advantage. people that were yeah. you know, just having gone to university, gone through that grind. I was like, and I screwed up university badly. Like, did not take it seriously whatsoever. I didn't care what I was doing. I passed. I got my degree. I moved on. Got nothing out of it, but... By the time I came here, this is now what I wanted to do. And right. I took it super seriously. Mm-hmm. And if I was 18 and I showed up, that probably wouldn't have been the case. Do you think it's an advantage to show up here later? 100%, yeah. Uh, you come in with, like as you mentioned, your uh, writing experience. You come in with just a, you're more mature. And that's the bottom line. That leads you to set yourself up. You just take it more seriously, set yourself up for success, and you get more out of it. Do you see it with the students? Absolutely. Uh, And it's interesting because when CSM first started, they had just gotten rid of OAC, which... Is that grade 13? Yeah, grade 13. Mm -hmm. And so by the time it soaked in, you notice the difference. Some students were, when they first got to CSM, the first couple years, they were all 20, 20, 21. The youngest may have been 19. And now they're 17 turning 18. And so when you say they're young, they're really young. Mm -hmm. And they have no real life experience and or you talk about writing. How does a 17-year-old know what to write? So, of course, some of my better students have already have been adult students or senior guys in a sense. And in the long run, they've become better students as I've seen them. Guys like you and McLaughlin. And this year, I, I got this guy, Peter, who is the same version, an older guy, who's light years ahead of the students. And it's, and it's almost nothing I, I can teach him. But I got to bring the rest of the group up to catch up to where he's at. But then you also get the kids like Jeremy. Right. He was 18, 19, but just right. some of them, that he, he got he gets it. it right. he gets yeah, it. it was like in, in my year, uh, Gary and Thorne was the right. same way. He was 18 when he showed up. He's right. killing it. Right. But he and also, he still is. But people also thought he was like 40 at the time. Right. A very old soul. <laughs> right. But I mean, there are those guys, but then there's the ones that are super young. And I think the province of Ontario did a disservice by getting rid of that extra year in school to to help season the kids a little bit more yeah i mean even like when i graduate we, we don't have grade 13 out so i went straight to university like i was not prepared to go at all <laughs> i was prepared to drink that was about it oh yeah i gave myself a victory lap in high school and then went there and did some partying <laughs> all right final thing favorite csm moment what, what's your favorite csm moment anthony oh, favorite csm moment um i'm gonna go to the csm bowl we didn't win it we didn't win it but the csm bowl was a lot of fun uh not school related but it's school related. Yeah. yeah is that? I mean, my, mine probably ventures on that too. What's yours? Well, I like, I'm still in it. So, yeah, so there, it's there, every day. There, yeah. There's no moment, but I like, one thing that I've noticed, and I was saying to Anthony earlier, is that I'm starting to see this year's Pat Mayo. Uh, he's, his name's Hamish. He's not really like you, but he talks like you and he's got... Does he yell and have yes. a lot of bravado? Yes, <laughs> yes. Be dragged out of the radio yes. booth, yeah. And he's got... Uh, <laughs> 
he's got inc- super intelligence. It's all, he's almost too smart, just same as you. So uh, I like to see the, re- the repeating nature of the class. And then I like showing them stuff. And so when we do green screen or we do certain effects or we do picture in picture, I can see their brain say, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this after this class. And that is my favorite moment. And I love doing it. And that's why I keep doing it. All right. So I have two. One would be, actually, I'll give the one. It was also CSM Bowl related. Uh, there was a guy, he's a bit of a chirper. Oh, Getting yeah. get in my way, a lot of whining, a lot of complaining. Just laid him out. <laughs> what he, about Festivus? I got kicked out, I got kicked out of the CSM Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> what about Festivus? You guys like that? Yeah, I was going to tell one of those stories, but it's probably not appropriate for this platform. <laughs> Quickly tell it, and then we're done. Ray's giving me the no. Ray's giving me the no. We're not going to do it. I will just say Festivus was a lot of fun, right. and it was a great bonding moment for everyone. It's a great one because when you first show up, a lot of people are from different places. No one knows anyone. It's the first time you really get to hang out with everyone in a very casual setting. Because right. like when I was here, my only goal, not that I wanted to like put people down or anything like that, but you talk about like competition between people at the score, even right. friendly competition, but I wanted to be the best. Right. And Good. It's not that I wasn't going to help anyone, but I was going to not necessarily step on their throats to get ahead. <laughs> but if I could go in there and just start, you know, shooting fire, why not? Try to be the best. But, I don't know, a lot of people don't think that way. (laughs) That'll do it for the CSM Roundtable. Brendan, thank you. Anthony, thank you. I'm Pat Mayo. We're out of here.